Good evening, Doctor, and welcome to Zenonco.io and Love Heals Cancer. We are proud to have you on board as part of Marrow Awareness Month. Yeah. We look we look forward to all of the insights you have to share about bone marrow transplant. So let me take this opportunity to introduce you to the audience. Dr. Anil K. Dhar has over 28 years of experience in his field. After completing his MBBS and MD in internal medicine, Dr. Dhar completed his post-doctoral training in medical oncology from Tata Memorial Hospital, Mumbai. His area of specialization includes bone marrow transplant in malignant disorders and acute promyelocytic leukemia. With an extensive experience of treating more than 30,000 patients with solid and hematological malignancies, Dr. Anil K. Dhar pioneered the technique of autologous transplant in India. He has to his credit 70 bone marrow transplants of autologous and allogenic types. A person with such a vast amount of knowledge and experience is here with us today as part of Marrow Awareness Month, and we are very excited to be doing this. Thank you for being with us today as part of this and taking time out of your schedule. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much. So shall we move on to the Q&A session? Yeah. So the first question would be, what is a bone marrow transplant? Bone marrow transplant is basically giving a new bone marrow to the person who has got diseased bone marrow which may be because of malignant disorders and certain benign disorders also. And the malignant disorders usually which are taken care of by bone marrow transplantation are acute leukemias, lymphomas, then Hodgkin's and non-Hodgkin's type of lymphomas, then acute myeloid leukemias. And uh, sometimes uh, we take some benign disorders also like uh, 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 aplastic anemia or uh, we can in children we take thalassemias also. Okay, so what are the types of bone marrow transplants? Bone marrow transplants are usually of several types and main which I will be enumerating are uh, one is autologous transplantation, second is allogenic transplantation and allogenic transplantation can be further subdivided into haploidentical transplant. It can be umbilical cord stem cell transplant or it can be matched unrelated donor transplants. So basically these are the types of uh, transplantation. So the two major types of transplants would be allogenic and autologous. Autologous and allogenic, yeah. So what, are, what is the main difference between these two? Autologous is basically the transplant from uh, in which the cells are taken from a patient's own body. And allogenic transplantation is uh, basically transplantation which is uh, taken, uh, this, uh, uh, stem cells are, uh, graft is taken from uh, others, from a specific donor, from a donor. Can I have a call? Can I take a call please? Or switch off the telephone. Hello. Yeah. So, allogenic is uh, basically when we are taking the graft from others and autologous is when we are taking the graft from the patient's own body. Okay, so the most common type would be uh, allogenic transplant. Yes, allogenic is usually commoner than autologous because 
autologous transplant has got limited indications. Allogenic has got a wide spectrum of investigation, a wide spectrum of indications. Okay, so when is, when is it decided to go for an autologous transplant? See, uh, when the disease is not that aggressive and you feel that uh, that benefits of uh, benefit will be more than the side effects, we take autologous transplantation. But when the disease is more aggressive and we see that autologous bone marrow transplantation may not be able to help in this condition, so we go for allogenic transplantation. So, uh, when I was reading about uh, autologous transplants, uh, I came across a uh, dissident rage in which it is written that an autologous transplant, uh, in that the cancer cells might be collected along with the stem cells. And then yes. there are chances that it may be later put back into your body. So, how is that avoided? See, in autologous bone marrow transplantation, the most important thing is that we uh, the patient should be in remission. There should not be any disease in the body that we ensure. And then we collect only CD34 cells. CD34 cells are the healthy, they are not cancer cells. So these are the two things which are important. One is the patient should be uh, in remission. That means disease should not be there. And second is that the uh, we collect only the healthy stem cells from the patient not the cancer cells. Okay, so these things are made sure before yeah, we go yeah. for an autologous transplant. Yeah. So, and what is a double autologous transplant? It is also known as tandem transplant. What we do is that we, whenever we are collecting the stem cells, we collect the st these autologous stem cells in, in double dose. Suppose we have to collect number six cells, we will collect 12 number of cells and then we do the transplant with the half the number of cells and half we keep it for the next. The reason is, this is basically done in patients of multiple myeloma. The reason is that patients of multiple myeloma, they are likely to uh, relapse and once we have given the medication for transplantation, then recollection of the stem cells may not be possible. So we collect the cells in advance, in double dose. And in first instance, we give the half, keep the half of the stem cells preserved. And then subsequently, when again transplant is required, we do a second transplant, which is known as tandem transplant. Okay, so the first half is used and the second is preserved for later use yes. in case the cancer comes, comes again. Back again. Okay, and so what are the common uh, methods that are used to preserve the stem cells? Basically, see, there are two, three methods. Methods. One is that we can preserve the stem cells for a very short period of time. That is for eight to ten hours. We can keep it at. 4 to 8, 4 degrees centigrade of temperature in refrigeration. This we used to do when liquid nitrogen was not there and we used to transplant the patient next day after the collection of stem cells. 
but now the technology has advanced and we can preserve these stem cells at minus 80 degrees centigrade and even if we, if, if we have to preserve it for longer time, we can preserve the stem cells at minus 196 degrees centigrade also. So this is basically done in liquid nitrogen containers and it creates dry ice. It creates dry, dry ice and there are big thermal flasks where these stem cells are kept. And when we keep these stem cells, they can remain there for years together. And the bag of stem cells which is kept in these thermal flasks, it becomes like a stone. It's very hard. Okay, so do we have uh, preservation centers here in India? A lot of those? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of centers are there. A lot of centers are there. They are preserving stem cells for quite some time. For years together, they are keeping it. You must have heard collection of this umbilical cord stem cells. Umbilical yes, yes, cord umbilical. Blood. Yes, yes. They sure. keep it, they claim they keep it for 20 years. Similarly, these cells also, they can be kept for years together. So during your uh, experience, have you ever performed any of the double autologous or tandem oh, yes, yes. Quite a number of times. We, in fact, we make it a protocol, particularly in cases of multiple myeloma, we collect excess amount of stem cells. Give the half dose and keep the half, half dose for next possible transplantation. Because I told you, once we transplant it, the medication we give for bone marrow transplantation for that particular disease destroys the stem cell in your body then it is not possible to collect these stem cells. So, we keep half the dose for next transplant if it is required. Okay. So, how long does it take for a normal bone marrow transplant procedure? See, if you go for the procedure itself, it takes few hours. But if you go to the process, process of collecting stem cells, then re-infusing it, then recovery, it takes about two to three weeks. So patient has to stay in the bone marrow transplant unit for two to three weeks. And after the procedure, how long does it take the patient to recover or does he need in some time? It, it takes about, say, 12 to autologous transplant, it is early, 10 to 13 days, 10 to 14 days. Allogenic transplant, <clears throat> it is a little, little difficult and it takes about um, two to three weeks to recover. <clears throat> and uh, are there any specific precautions that the patient should uh, notice after the treatment during we recovery? Patient, first of all, patient has to be kept in isolation. Right? There are special units, bone marrow transplant units. They, they are fitted with HEPA filters. There is total isolation. I mean to say people cannot meet him. Strict uh, infectious uh, precautions we take so that the infection is not transmitted from outside. Even the food which we supply to the patient is absolutely clean and warm. It is not mixed with others. The clothes and everything, the patient has to remain in isolation and in HEPA filter for about uh, two, two weeks or three weeks if the transplant is prolonged. <coughs> Okay, so that is the time the cells take take to regenerate and attack yeah, the cancer cells. Time to body to recover. Okay. Once the stem cell go inside, we we destroy the patient's own uh, bone marrow, so his defense becomes zero. 
and when we infuse these stem cells, they start multiplying inside the body and it takes about two to three weeks for them to recover. And uh, during that period, the patient is in isolation. The patient is uh, strictly uh, kept under observation and then he is supported with antibiotics, he is supported with blood transfusion, he is supported with growth factors, he is supported with platelets. So that's how the transplantation takes place. I will request you next time, <clears throat> when we organize this kind of a program, I was got some video recordings. So okay. I will show you how the transplant is actually done. Yes, that would be that would be very interesting too. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Yes. So next time when I next time you can plan it so that I can make a folder and I can run those videos so that yeah, sure. How this transplant? I will show you how the bone marrow transplant should be, how the patient is kept, how these stem cells they are transported. Now I must tell you that uh, uh, we are transporting uh, these stem cells, um, uh, uh, the preserved stem cells across the globe. Suppose uh, donor is in America and the patient is in India and uh, these donors uh, can donate stem cells in America and these stem cells can be transported to India and we can do a stem cell transplantation. So I have done it. I have done it because I had a Russian patient who had come to us for bone marrow transplantation and his donor was found in Poland. So we got the stem cells collected in Poland and then subsequently these stem cells were, uh, uh, were uh, transported to Gurgaon. I was that time in Gurgaon and then from Poland to Gurgaon and Gurgaon we we did the thawing uh, of the stem cells and uh, did the bone marrow transplantation. Yes, that is. Oh, it takes a lot of planning to oh, yeah. perform. It takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of planning. Yes. So, what would you say is the future of bone marrow transplant? Are there any new methods? Of yes. See, it's got a very bright future. See, when I started my career as a bone marrow transplant specialist. It was in infancy in India. And those days only two centers in India or three centers in India, they were doing acute transplantation. One was Tata Memorial Hospital Mumbai, second was CMC Valor, and third was Orange Institute of Medical Sciences. So, um, but now in a period of time, the technology has improved, the survival has improved, the complications are less, the cost has come down. So, uh, we are going towards uh, now CAR T cell therapy. CAR T cell therapy is a newer version of transplantation. It's a combination of combination of three things. One is immunotherapy, second is gene therapy and third is uh, uh, stem cell transplant. So, this is a newer technology which will be available and some of the centers they are in the, right now, they have started but they are in, Infancy, I think CAR T cell therapy is the future of uh, a modified version of bone marrow transplantation. Also, I suppose there are other uh, methods like xenotransplantation, and also I've read about where they have been preserving it from animal genes to yeah. later yeah. implant it into human. Experimental stage. Okay, so they are all in the experimental, experimental stages as of now. See, from animals, it is. 
So genotype is entirely different. So we cannot accept from animal, but they must be at, we call it rat stage, because mouse stage, because most of the experiments are conducted on mouse. So we call it a mouse stage. Yes, I think they have the same number of chromosomes that is the that thing we share with the rats. Uh, on a global level, how does India stand when it comes to bone marrow transplant? How is the uh, facilities and the, the infrastructure over here when compared to other leading countries? In India? Yes, yes, in India. See, if you plan your bone marrow transplant unit well, it is as good as anywhere in the world. Yeah, okay. we can make. Only thing is somebody else to invest money. Okay. Yes, if you try to conserve money, save money, then you will not be able to make a good transplant unit. But see, these days there are standard guidelines for making a transplant unit, so you follow them. ICMR has set up a guideline. All these things will be there, and then only transplants will be started. So we 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 are as good as any other country in the world. But I am yes. talking of standard bone marrow transplant. If you try to create a shortcut, then you won't have that kind of a standard thing. Yes, that is wonderful to know that yeah. we are in a good place when it comes to yeah. 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 So, before okay. we uh, wind up this, yeah, sure, sure, go ahead. Yeah, but only thing is that uh, um, our centers are less. Centers as in for the storage or transplantation? As, as compared to the demand, the bone marrow transplant centers are less. Storage can be created. Once you create a transplant unit, storage can be. Storage is not a problem. The less people are trained, people, because people, they don't want to do bone marrow transplantation. Doctors, oncologists, they do not want to do it. Yeah. And why is it so that the doctors do not want to do it? Is there it's any... a tedious process. You have to be dedicated. And uh, I feel uh, financially it's not, a, it's not a good choice. So oh, it is very expensive and takes yeah. a lot of time to plan. See, yeah. If you are an academician, if you dedicate your life to something, then you only you will be able to do bone marrow transplantation. Otherwise, people who are more financially vibrant, they will probably they probably will avoid doing bone marrow transplantation. That's what I have seen my experience. Okay. So before we wind up this, I would like to ask you that could you please share a message for all the cancer warriors out there bravely fighting this disease? Share. Could you please share a few good words to all the cancer warriors out there who are fighting this disease as of now? See, first of all, I call them my advisors. See, whosoever patients I have treated in my 30 years of career, I do not call them patients. I call them advisors because I have learned a lot of things from these uh, people. Second thing is that I will say that do not lose hope, right? Because yes. uh, uh, if you lose hope, then probably it's not a good thing to have. And third thing is that uh, 
have faith in your doctors choose a doctor of your own faith and don't jump from one place to another by doing so what happens is that nothing is achieved so what i am trying to tell you is that have confidence in your doctors in your physician have confidence in that center and don't do not lose hope and be in touch constantly with your doctors and physicians so that's what i would like to say yes yes that would be yeah we wish them that they find good doctors such as yourself for their treatment Yeah. So lately there have been a lot of malpractices when it comes to cancer and the treatment yeah actually oh. i do not agree with the statement of malpractice because i am witness to all these things i am seeing there are some people who who believe in writing high end molecules that may sound like uh, malpractice but if you are doing it with the consent of the of your patient so it's not a malpractice so that's why it's very important that once you are prescribing treatment patient will say yes to everything and doctor has to be very careful in recording and keeping the documents you understand so has to take good follow up of the good. good documentation and to avoid these uh, kind of a uh, rumors that malpractice is there but there must be few people who must be doing it but uh, i do not say that all of 100% doctors are doing it there are, there are few but then uh, malpractice from the doctor side only is usually not there usually some instances may be there yes yes sure that would that is true and because of one person the whole industry gets yes. shamed yes yes yes, yes. Oh. Yeah, and that was that is very wonderful talking to you doctor and felt like more like a discussion instead of a q and a session and i and i personally really enjoyed it and i believe everyone will too so thank you again doctor thank you for the taking the taking your time out and giving us your perspective about this subject on behalf of zenonco and lavels cancer we wish you a good day ahead doctor thank, thank you. you very much good day thanks thank you. bye